This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Judith Forrest. In 2018, the department released its inclusive education policy that committed our state schools to continuing their journey towards a more inclusive education. We know that at the heart of inclusive education is the ability for students to access the curriculum and learn alongside their peers. Uh, And special education programs play an important role in inclusive education. They give advice to classroom teachers about how to make adjustments and, when needed, provide intensive teaching for some students for some of the time. The inclusive education journey for some schools has meant moving from operating a unit where students with disability learnt separately from other students at their school all day every day. Now, these journeys are very different, but at the heart of them is consultation with school communities, that is their students, parents and staff. Today, I'm speaking with Sally Goodfellow from Mabel Park State High School about how they've transformed the support of students with disability to align with inclusive principles, culture and practices. So welcome, Sally, and thank you so much for joining me today to share your school's inclusion journey and more specifically, how this has impacted the way that students with disability are supported. Thank you for having me. I'm always happy to share our journey because it certainly is just that. It's something that requires continual review and refining. Um, And at our school, inclusion just is. And that is around the school culture that you just talked about. Our school culture is about putting students first, no matter what. Students with disabilities are seen as part of our school and as part of their year level by all. Sally, what prompted your school to assess the way that students with disability were being supported? In other words, what did the previous support look like? Initially, when I joined Mabel Park, we had some young students with disabilities located in a designated block uh, known as the SEP. We moved to a more integrated approach where students with disabilities access classes with their same age peers. However, then we had young people not accessing curriculum at their appropriate working level. The other thing we noticed is that some of the young people that did require modified working levels would then be accessing curriculum that was not age-appropriate pedagogy or age-appropriate content, and we needed to really consider what we did differently there. We needed to establish processes to consider what that looked like so that we made informed decisions. We wanted to also define the roles and responsibilities of our support staff so that we were really clear on what their role was around supporting students with disabilities and supporting classroom teachers. So a part of defining the roles for our support teachers was looking at case management and what that meant for our support teachers, what that meant for classroom teachers and how they could access the support through case managers and also the supports then provided to the students with disabilities. In regards to case management, it was important to also consider the time allocated to this role because we had to be mindful of the consultation processes that needed to occur with students with disabilities and their families and the time around supporting teachers with making adjustments in the classroom to ensure young people could access the curriculum, whether that be through differentiated instruction or differentiated pedagogy. And it was about considering those aspects of the case management role. So if we compare that with how students with disability are supported now, what does the model of inclusion of support look like? What are the main features or characteristics of the support model? 
It's support for all students with disability, whether that be a student with autism or dyslexia or ADHD or an emotional disorder. All students in our school can access their learning alongside their peers and access Australian curriculum at an age-appropriate working level. We have established genuine student and parent involvement in regards to making informed decisions for the young people in our school with disability, whether that be about how they access the education program, curriculum decisions. The student and the parents are involved through our case management approach. When I talk about genuine involvement of the parent, what I think was really important for the shift in our approach was that the parent needs to be viewed as the expert when it comes to their child. We are a high school and the parent has spent many years with this young person and has insight to this person that we need to learn about. We call our case managers student support liaisons and in our school we have year level groups. So year 7 and 8 teams, year 9 and 10 teams and year 11 and 12 teams. And our student support liaisons are allocated time to meet with those teams to continue to support students with disabilities. We also have other roles within the inclusive learning team, such as support for the individual curriculum planning process. We have some staff that are supporting a co-teaching model so that two teachers can be in the one classroom with 28 young people and cater for all the learners within the room. It sounds like a lot of change has occurred since 2015, which is when I believe your school commenced on its inclusion journey. Can you identify some of the biggest changes that have occurred in the school's culture and how this has improved outcomes for students with disability? I'll start with one of the big physical barriers that needed to be knocked down initially. In 2015, we still had a large timber fence surrounding our block that was called the SEP. But I had people who thought we needed the fence. I was really lucky to be a part of an executive team that knew we had to make some changes. What was really important for the leadership team is that our school community was living and breathing inclusive practices. So we found the removal of that physical barrier and the work around the attitudes and awareness of inclusive practices led to behavioural change and amazing outcomes for our young people with disabilities. For example, We had an increased achievement for young people on a QCE pathway. We had young people being successful with their university entry. We had employment gain for students who had been on QCIA pathways. We saw exceptional outcomes. Another example is a reduction in SDA data because the executive team made decisions to ensure that we had a thorough process before making final decisions regarding a young person in an SDA. So Sally, you mentioned before how the leadership team were living the policy. Tell me a bit more about that and why that was so important in bringing others along on the journey. The executive team lived inclusion and inclusive practices because they wanted to model the way. And what was really important for the team was our language. We had to challenge ourselves and we had to then create the conditions for other people to feel safe 
and feel okay with learning a new language. For example, when someone referred to a student as an SEP student, it was okay then to talk about that. And we started talking about our young people by putting the person first. What year level are they they in? What's their name? Let's talk about the young person and putting them them first. So um, Sally, earlier on you spoke about the change process and that's really essential for the successful implementation of an inclusive model of support. What were some of the key characteristics of that change process? So the inquiry cycle was really useful in regards to the implementation process and that scan and assess phase was a time where we could do some reflecting on what are our perceived ideas? Can we seek advice from the region? In order to move forward in a new model, what did we need to do to develop our expert teaching teams and build capabilities in others? Who was in our school that could help with that? We shared professional learnings with the support team and then with the whole staff. It was clear in our plan for our school community what we were going to focus on. One of the other key characteristics around the change management process is that review, coming back to the team, hearing from them again. And our principal and the leadership team would run think tanks routinely throughout the year to keep our finger on the pulse and identify any gaps. So you've spoken a lot about the change management process and a key component of that is involving the broader school community and bringing them along on the journey. So tell me how the school brought the school community along on the change journey. There was various things that we did to involve the broader school community, particularly in our enrolment meetings with our new students coming in, for example, transitioning from year six to year seven. We had to focus on supporting our parents and our students to understand that whatever the young person's disability may be, we would show them how we could offer them support in the school. For example, I had a parent that had requested that their child learn in a special classroom. I had to engage in conversation with that parent to let them know that their child's needs will be met in a regular classroom. I spoke about the transition from year six to year seven, and as we are in a high school, the connections with the feeder primary schools is a critical piece to supporting that transition. We do deliver a targeted transition program for any young person that may have complex needs that just requires that more intensive approach to learn about high school and what it will be like for them when they get here. Um, It sounds like a lot of capability building would have been needed so that all staff were confident in their knowledge and skills around supporting students with disability. What are some of the established processes that support this capability building? It's our annual professional learning plan. Our annual professional learning plan is designed from teacher feedback. And that was a critical element to ensuring that we were providing professional learning on the things that our school community needed. Another part of that is where we prioritise some of our time. So if we are needing to upskill staff on how to design quality assessment instruments at a modified working level. School-based initiatives um, are provided time in our 
every day working to support teachers to learn how to do that very thing. So what would you say would be the biggest impact of your school's inclusion journey and supporting students with disability? Those things which are just now embedded and your normal way of working. It's really that our staff hold high expectations of all students. If you are a student at our school, we believe that you can learn and achieve. We don't have a one-size-fits-all approach and we consider individual circumstances for that young person. We have teacher aides that feel valued. Students feel confident to express their needs to staff. We've even asked some young people, uh, some students with disabilities, to share with our teachers what it is that they need from them. And a couple of quotes from some young people. I've had one boy say he would like his teachers to understand that he's different and that there are certain things he can and cannot do with his autism and sometimes he just needs some extra support. Another quote from another student was, I can accept a lot of different people because I know what it's like to be different. What was the biggest challenge that your school faced during the change management process? One of the biggest challenges is shifting mindset and attitudes. It is often just working through misinformation and that misinformation either comes about because people are worried about what it looks like in their classroom or unclear about how best to cater for diverse learners. And we hear people around how they're feeling with this and we support them to to have a go, to put the strategies into, into place in a safe environment because we know that we learn through doing and applying it while having the support offered along the way. I'm sure that there are lots of highlights that you can identify from the last few years that really demonstrate the impact of the school's transformative journey. Can you tell me some of, some of those highlights? I feel that the progress or the academic progress for a number of students, just watching them access curriculum alongside their peers has been phenomenal. Listening to our teachers and celebrating the wins, the small ones, the big ones, There's nothing better than having that pathway conversation around that moment that the teacher was able to connect with or could see that young person participating in their lesson. Finally, hearing from our students. When you hear the stories from our students or their parents about outcomes that they never thought could happen is probably one of the most amazing parts um, of this journey. Another part is watching young people in the school environment, the social connections between students, because We know that when young people feel a sense of belonging, they have greater outcomes, and that is exactly what we've seen from our inclusive practices in our school community. Well, let's finish off with um, some examples of uh, comments that parents might have made that really highlight the impact of these changes on the outcomes for their children, because that's what it's all about. You're right. It is what it's about, and it's beautiful when you hear these things from parents. Some things I've been told is, I never thought my son would make friends. He's the first person in our family to go to school formal. We can't believe we're sitting at an academic awards ceremony for our son. He got a job. We never thought this would happen. Um, And another one, we thought school was not made for him. And look at him. He's now in senior school. That's amazing to hear some of the comments of parents and how the changes just impacted so greatly 
um, on their children. Sally, thanks so much for your insights today. Um, I'm sure that your contribution and talking about your school's journey will help other schools to implement supports for students with disability in an inclusive setting. Thanks so much. Thank you. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast. The Department of Education acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands from across Queensland. We pay our respects to the elders, past and present, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.